The views expressed in the following episode are those of the subjects interviewed or individual presenters from the case. They do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach Freaks LLC, the Invisible Choir podcast, or cast media. Reach Freaks. Invisible Choir explores detailed depictions of violence and murder and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What would you say to the supporters of the QAnon, the people who believe in that conspiracy, what they think is true about America, uh, that there's sex trafficking and a conspiracy? I've been a big supporter of mental health. It's bizarre. Totally bizarre. Mental health. It's undoubtedly a recurring theme on this podcast, as well as almost every other one in the true crime realm. Some productions in the genre air more on the side of compassion and sensitivity than others in regards to this topic. But regardless of the approach, it's undeniable that the majority of these cases are all tied together by several common threads, and psychological wellness, or unwellness, as is usually the case. Perhaps what's equally intriguing as it is frightening when exploring mental health and criminality is the fact that the warning signs, symptoms, or the potential for violent danger are almost never visible on the surface. It's not something we can usually see by simply looking someone in the eye. We can never truly know what is going on in someone's mind unless we're in there ourselves. When the characteristics of mental illness do rear their unpredictable heads, however, we often tend to overlook or deny that there is any issue at all until it's too late. This is especially common if the person we're speaking of is someone close to us or someone we love. It's human nature to want to believe that our friends and family are okay. Sometimes it's easier to tell ourselves this rather than dealing with such a sensitive subject head-on. If ignored or taken lightly, though, the repercussions, while rare, can be severe or even life-threatening. A myth is that those suffering from mental health issues are actually more inclined to exhibit violent behavior than those who are not. This couldn't be further from the truth. Recent studies actually show that only 3-5% to of violent acts can be attributed back to those living with any sort of severe mental illness. In fact, it's been confirmed that most violent crimes occur not by the hands of those who are mentally ill, but more from those with ties to criminal past or those who have grown up in violent environments, a reality that is often misunderstood or misconstrued. It makes sense, so not to worry then, right? Well, not quite. What happens when an individual hasn't grown up in a tumultuous environment at all, but starts to show signs of delusions and conceptual decline anyhow? And what if this person is showing symptoms not to their loved ones, but only to their followers on social media? On this week's episode, we dive deep inside the mind of a seemingly harmless 26-year-old man, a man who had a great home life, friends and family that loved him. But when Bucky Wolf began to self-isolate, That's when everything seemed to go wrong. His parents surely saw this behavior as relative to any young man his age. Little did they know that his reclusive behavior was much more serious than anyone could have imagined. A manifestation of dark and alternative beliefs were blossoming in private, behind closed doors, inside of their own home. Remember, you can't always see a sick or depraved mind with the naked eye. But if you look closely, and you're lucky enough, 
Is it possible to preemptively see the warning signs? If Bucky's loved ones had known exactly what he was doing on the internet, what he was researching, and if they'd learned the depths of the World Wide Web rabbit holes in which he had wandered down, we can only wonder if they would have been able to pull him back out before his delusions and false reality got the best of him. Seattle, Washington. In the uppermost northwest region of the city lies the quiet neighborhood of Fremont, only a nine-minute drive from the busier tourist attractions such as the Space Needle in Seattle's downtown proper, is where you'll find the relaxing suburban street of Finney Avenue North. Soon after turning down Finney is house number 4101, the Wolf family residence. The Wolfs consisted of two doting parents, their oldest son, 28-year-old James, and James's younger 26-year-old brother, Bucky. They were like any other upper-middle-class family in America. Both parents worked hard with well-paying careers in their respective fields and were quite close with their two boys. James, a young army vet, had just gotten married, now with three children of his own. The couple had recently purchased their first home together overseas after James finished his term in Germany where he'd met his future wife. Though very close in age, James certainly seemed to have his life a bit more on track than his younger brother Bucky. Despite this, the two siblings had a great relationship and considered each other best friends. Bucky was having a tough time figuring things out. He had been living inside the in-law apartment for several years, which was connected to the main home of the family residence on Finney Ave. He seemed to be going through the same struggles that most 20-something-year-olds do, teetering on that fine line of adulthood, trying to figure out what he wanted out of life. He was unsure of what the next step was, and although it seemed to be an ongoing trend, as the months passed with no real progress in sight, Bucky still had a strong family unit that was willing to help him along every step of the way. Though Bucky only had a handful of friends, one person he was probably closest with, besides his brother James, was Dustin Ballasone. All right, I'm uh, Dustin Ballasone. I'm from Seattle, Washington. We were able to speak with Dustin exclusively. His interview is compelling and reveals truths that were unknown in this case previously, until now. But naturally, we'll get to that. Well, let's see. We met in Ballard, like in Seattle, um, back when we were 16. So was that, uh, what, like 13, 14 years, something like that, that we've been friends for? When the two boys weren't hanging out with one another, Bucky kept to himself for the most part. He spent most of his time perusing the internet inside of the in-law apartment connected to his parents' home. Earlier on, we we would just, you know, just hang out, do teenage stuff, like smoke pot and all that, you know, fun stuff or whatever. My group that were friends before he kind of joined were kind of partiers back then, and he wasn't as much into that, but he would come with us and all that. Bucky wasn't much of a partier. He gained fulfillment mostly from spending time on YouTube, where he would spend countless hours watching mostly physical fitness and weightlifting content, in addition to music videos. Some of his most viewed bands and rap artists included Nirvana, Tech 9 and Metallica. He made an account back in 2011, but it wouldn't be until 2014 when Bucky would actually start creating his own video content 
and uploading it to his channel. Back then, he was you know, an avid martial artist. He uh, loved to rap. Like, I think he's always been kind of a fan of that. His very first upload was made public on September 16th, 2014. It was a hip-hop song he recorded entitled, What Time Is It?, under his rap alias, Cybin Wolf. You really want to know what I'm all about and who I be? Kung Fu music on my life, it will stay that way indefinitely. Go ahead, talk shit till you're blue in the face, but I'll let you know that I sleep comfortably. You don't even want to go toe-to-toe. Clearly gaining influence from record labels such as Strange Music and Psychopathic Records, Bucky wasn't unlike any other young kid that just started to rap. He wasn't profoundly talented by any means and wasn't saying much in his lyrics other than what he had learned from artists he was emulating at the time. Regardless, he was having fun, and his parents were happy to see that he'd found a hobby that he enjoyed putting effort toward. Though not much of his music catalog is still available online, a common theme found in his songs were general quippings of braggadocio, the concept of immortality, and references to martial arts. If Bucky had one thing going for him, it was that he was naturally intelligent. To his benefit, for a young artist just starting out, his vocabulary was a considerable strong suit. I think it was always like a dream. Uh, he didn't always like directly follow it. I think he got like kind of down on himself a lot. Uh, he was definitely trying to go for it, but you know, sometimes he would stop because he'd just kind of get down on himself. After giving up music for a while, Bucky would step up the quality of his content slightly with his next release a music video for a track entitled Live or Die. This wouldn't come out for some time, however, almost four years since his first upload, to be exact. On July 8, 2018, Bucky, or Cybenwolf, was back, posting the following song and unaccompanied visual to his YouTube channel. And anything goes, I suppose So I chop you in half from your nuts to your nose I'm a fully trained samurai lurking in the night With my blade on my side strap to my belt tight I lurk in the darkness away from the light I'm typing, I'm a beast and I'm always at The video is one of very lo-fi production quality An obvious DIY independent effort But hey, at least he had a music video Chalk filled with quirky crossfades, page reels, and Ken's Burns type stock transitions. Bucky's shot list consisted of scenes where he walks up a set of stairs, presumably in his parents' house, a performance on someone's balcony, and even displays of him up in a tree during parts of his main verse. As referenced in the song, Bucky is shown exhibiting his samurai sword skills, waving a full size blade wildly yet controlled as he raps into the camera. Practicing his knife skills as well as nunchuck techniques were two well-known hobbies of Bucky's, and he was actually quite well-versed in both. Unfortunately, this video would only garner a total of just over 500 views, and not much music was released by Sybin after this. So what was Bucky doing in between those years of scare hip-hop uploads from 2014 to 2018? Well, not much, to be quite frank. By all accounts, Bucky was a happy-go-lucky guy, who perhaps was just lacking a little motivation. Dustin even tried to get Bucky a job, but that didn't seem to work out well either. I was working in, I've been working in restaurants for like a decade now, and I kept trying to kind of get him to come in and work with me. I got him a job as a dishwasher at one spot I was at, but uh, he wasn't always the best around people, like... uh, He's definitely very socially awkward, so he, he kind of didn't like that and ended up leaving. 
Bucky would lose interest quickly, whether it be in the workplace or with his hobbies. One thing that did seem to stick, however, was his affinity for Chinese weaponry, martial arts, and YouTube. Here's Bucky when he posted a video to his Facebook page, demonstrating to friends how to use one's fingers to create what he calls a spear hand. Alrighty, y'all just woke up, and I'm about to show y'all how to practice your spear hands, which... Okay, you take a table like this, and you put your hand down on it. Now push down on all, all your fingertips. Now slide this way like you're going towards the end. Now keep a bunch of tension in your fingers. Keep that exact tension. Keep your thumb in. You don't want that to rip off. That's what you want to keep when you do a spear hand. And something like that. Just practice that. Cardboard. If one layer of cardboard's getting too bad, layer it up with two layers of cardboard, so on and so forth, till you get invincible fingers. Bucky is shown with his shirt off, filming a selfie-style video with his cell phone. He really isn't doing much here other than clenching his fingers tightly together, apparently meant to resemble a blade. He then starts jabbing his hand through a cardboard Home Depot box. Sure, this tutorial is a little strange, but like Dustin said... Bucky was just a little socially awkward. He was just a quirky kind of guy and seems bored in the video. The clip received one like and no comments, except for one Bucky wrote himself. Perhaps a bit frustrated, this video wasn't as well received as he'd anticipated. He typed the following. If I saw this on someone's page, I'd like it. I'm teaching how to do a fucking spear hand. It's a snake kung fu technique. This comment received one like. How do you solve a crime in reverse when you believe that someone was murdered but have no clue who the victim was? We have to do our job and we have to find out who did they kill? If it's possible, how are we going to do that? I'm Jake Halpern and this is Deep Cover the Nameless Man. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bucky Wolf seemed to be in somewhat of a rut, as his friends either went off to college or started to enter their respective career fields. Bucky found himself in a sort of stagnant limbo, not knowing what to do with himself. Not to mention, at this time, his older brother James, one of the people he was closest with was now off living his new life over in Germany. Yeah, well, when uh, when we met, as far as I'm concerned, I believe James was in the military. And so he wasn't around for a lot of, like, the first quite a few years of our friendship. And then when he came back into the picture, they, they were, you know, sometimes hard to hang out with Bucky because he'd always be doing stuff uh, with James. They were as close as brothers get, you know, like, best friends. Even while serving overseas and after his term was up in the army, James always did somehow make time to come back to Seattle and visit with family, specifically his brother Bucky. But when James wasn't around and when Dustin was busy working at the restaurant, Bucky was left to his own devices in the confines of his room. He continued to rely heavily on his own solace and constant source of entertainment. You guessed it, YouTube. But somewhere between Bucky's musical hiatus and his sporadic self-defense uploads, his interests slowly began to change. While YouTube remained the online space where he'd spend the vast majority of his time, 
It wasn't grunge bands or horrorcore rap acts that he was following any longer. His search history drastically shifted from music videos and strength training tutorials to something much more alternative and dark. Somewhere along the way during these extensive browsing sessions, Bucky had stumbled upon videos from a specific content creator by the name of Hunter Avalon. Hunter was a quote, alt-light YouTube personality, meaning he was not quite alt-right with regard to extremism. In his own words, he is an anti-social justice warrior. Bucky quickly became infatuated with this channel in particular, watching hours of Avalon's videos every single day. The popular YouTuber spoke predominantly of right-wing conservative beliefs, expressing his overall distrust towards the federal government. And it wasn't long before Bucky was introduced to similar YouTube channels as a result of the site's carefully curated algorithm, leading him to the likes of Sandy Hook denier and 9-11 government conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, Islamophobic provocateur Milo Yiannopoulos, and original founder of both Vice and The Proud Boys, Gavin McGinnis. For those unfamiliar, The Proud Boys is an exclusively male collective whose beliefs are rooted in physical violence as their main defense and protecting their heritage and Western values. Founder McGinnis has since tried to alleviate his likeness from The Proud Boys' name as of 2017, after members continued to make headlines for abusing their constitutional right, assembling in droves, organizing a multitude of racist protests, and inciting hysteric violence across the nation. To provide further context, the Southern Poverty Law Center has since dubbed the Western Chauvinist affiliation as, quote, an alt-right fight club. Bucky Wolf also found himself regularly digesting content from the British white nationalist solicitor Milo Yiannopoulos. Sound confusing? Well, buckle up. We're just getting started. Milo is perhaps best known for some of his extremely provocative and hate-filled reflections, including one video online entitled, why lesbians shouldn't exist. The negative notoriety and backlash of this video reached viral status around 2017, about the same time Bucky Wolf was nearing his peak consumption of YouTube content. This was also the same year Donald Trump took office, but we'll explain the former president's relevance here in just a moment. The video in question has since been removed from its original channel, for obvious reasons, as Yiannopoulos had already been banned from Twitter by this point in 2016 and Facebook would follow suit just a few years later, barring him from their social media platform in 2019 as well. Not long after this video came out, Yiannopoulos resigned from his position as senior editor of Breitbart News after his advocation for pedophilia had been unearthed online. Yes, you heard right. He admitted on a live stream that he believes relations between underage boys and adult gay men can be, quote, perfectly consensual and positive experiences. These statements aren't exceptionally relevant to this case, other than the fact that Bucky frequently viewed this individual's uploads. Regardless, Milo Yiannopoulos did say these things, and we just thought you should know. Twenty eighteen was the year things started to take a truly worrisome turn. In this story, over the preceding 12 months, Bucky was beginning to heavily subscribe to more fringe beliefs, including gang stalking, 
and other videos pertaining to a generally aggressive opposition to U.S. government. Okay, I'm going to start making video logs about uh, targeted individuals. And uh, me being a targeted individual, I know it sounds fucking weird, but uh, I used to think that whole shit was hocus-pocus. Then it started happening to me. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It started, it freaked me out. It's like, really? Like, what, like, and I know what life was before this started happening, so I, I know that, I know that something is up. This 18-minute video posted to his YouTube channel on March 14th, 2018, would mark the beginning of Bucky's new peculiar path in content creation. If you've never heard the term targeted individual before, they are people genuinely convinced that there is a connection to government conspiracies that use aggressive harassment tactics to study an individual's every move for the, quote, stalker's own top-secret federal agenda. Another common thread among proponents within the gang-stalking community is that technology and surveillance are the main factors used to keep their targets in control and under constant supervision. Bucky goes on to provide his own experiences as to why he believes this to be true. All right, let me give an example. I expressed in confidence that I had uh, a fear of doctors and uh, and blue gloves. Like, the, the blue gloves are creepy. And then I see hella people wearing the fucking blue gloves and, like, out in public. Like, what the fuck are you doing with blue gloves on out in public? Also, there's uh, these, uh, they wear these, uh, you know those doctor's masks that you, like, that you put on and then hairnet over your, the, the, blue hairnet over your fucking head well anyways it's like several blocks away from my house i was uh i was going to the burger place and this dude in in the mask in with the fish thing around it's fucking i mean the not fish net but the hairnet and the uh in the blue gloves walks into the place like what the fuck are you doing with this shit over your face hairnet still in this there's no there's not a fucking hospital anywhere for miles man there's well there's a hospital but it's like downtown like, there's, it, like, what the fuck are you doing with your full gear still on walking into this burger joint? Like, staring right at me, giving me that taunting look. It's like, I used to, I used to think, well, if I start doing what they tell me, the, I mean, I start not tell me because no one's told me shit, and I, when I call people out on it, they totally deny it. They're like, oh, you must be crazy. And it's like, dude, don't you fucking lie to me. You know exactly what's going on. Like, fuck that. Like, bro, you're about to get your ass whooped, bro. You better come clean right now or you're fucking ripping your head off. Like, I, I'm not like these other TIs, bro. I'm not going to bend over and take this shit as my new reality. Fuck that. You're going to get your ass whooped. A TI is an abbreviation for the term targeted individual. For example, the person who believes they are being pursued by someone sent by the government, who follows the hierarchy's orders and keeps tabs on them. Those who believe they're among these targeted individuals share a sense of extreme paranoia that in most cases severely affects and sometimes completely debilitates their daily lives. How do I get to the people behind this? I, if I could get to those people, oh my God, damn, I can, you best pray I never get to you. Like, fucking shit. Because I'm not just going to kill you, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to torture your ass like death by a thousand cuts type shit. Like, you... <laughs> <laughs> like this this is fucked this is and I know and I know I am not the only one going through this and there's a shit ton of people going through this and that is fucked up man and I'm <sighs> Bucky was right about one thing he's not alone in thinking these things are happening 
If you've never traveled down this YouTube rabbit hole, the underground community is vast to say the least. Hundreds if not thousands of videos are posted online of people sharing their experiences and what they claim to be acts against them pertaining to be gang stalking. As members of this ever-growing digital circle communicate and absorb each other's stories, one might naturally gain a sense of affirmation in his or her resolve. The immense power in numbers helps diminish their doubt, thus giving the theory a perceived sense of legitimacy that is only magnified by the complex algorithms designed to recommend more and more similarly affirming content, creating a literal echo chamber grounded in more and more extreme beliefs. Rationalization is thus manifested by those claiming to be victims, leaving them no other possible explanation than the ideology of psychological terrorism that is known as gang stalking. This has been going on for like half a year now, and I, I remember clearly what life was like before this started happening, before my whole Arizona trip, because I, I was born in Arizona, and I had some crazy family issues, and uh, I, I, I got adopted at a later age up here in Seattle. And I went on a visit to go visit my birth family. Ah. Sorry. <laughs> well, after the trip, everything started getting crazy. That's when shit started getting weird. People started following me. People started doing... It's hard to explain. <laughs> like at times I thought I was going crazy but then there's there's certain times that like because I'm smart enough to know like what's what and I'm hyper self-aware I know what's going on around me and I know that there's there's this shit is happening in real life it's not in my head and I under and there's situations where that, uh, that I've been in that prove that and like that and in the and it's weird when you try to explain these things that go on because they're so trivial, they're so small that, like, when you talk about it, you seem like you're fucking crazy. But it's like those small little things people do to you one by one, day after day, like, every minute of every second of the day when you're outside, they're fucking with you. And it, even when you're in here, man, you hear noises, like, across the fucking the, the wall and shit like that. I come back in and shit's moved around. Like, I always keep my clock like this so that way I can see it from the bed. I wake up, and it's like this. I never keep it like that. I always, always have it like that. And it's like this. And there's no way it could have moved when I was when I was sitting in the bed like that. So that meant somebody was in here while I was fucking sleeping. And that is why I sleep with a shotgun. <laughs> it's during this portion of the video where Bucky reveals that he and his brother James were both adopted at a very young age. He becomes visibly upset here as his eyes begin to well up, transitioning from a previous tough and hardened demeanor to now fighting back tears. He attributes the trip he'd taken to Arizona visiting his birth parents, accompanied by his brother James, to be the first time he himself began to notice a change. He went out there to visit his birth family. for the for, He had never met them before, so he went out to meet them with James. When he was, you know, going, he was, like, super excited. He was telling me all about how he's about to, you know, meet his adoptive family. And for me, that's I'm also adopted, so that's kind of, like, one of the things that kicked our friendship off, actually, is that. And uh, so I knew how big that was. 
and it bothers me that like my friends and family they know what's going on and you know I went on this Arizona trip with my older brother and thankfully he he knows with me because he was there with me throughout the entire thing so I'm glad I still have that connection after returning from Arizona Bucky claims he was being watched everywhere he went this certainly triggered some sort of trauma inside of him one that would only get worse from here I'm staying in, in my in my house all the time because I can't leave. Every time I leave, it's like every second they fuck with me. I'm going to keep posting uh, vlogs, like updates uh, about this shit as, as shit goes on and go forward. I, I'll try not to freak out on people, man. The reasoning behind Bucky's reclusion and retreating to his bedroom had detoured from a bored man in his 20s with ample time on his hands to a man that was now living in a constant state of anxiety, paranoia, and fear. He was afraid to go outside, believing that he was being watched and feared for his safety. He kept these thoughts mainly to himself, but did allude to his perceived ideas of gang stalking on Facebook at times. He knew I didn't follow the same political beliefs and everything that he did, so he just didn't really talk to me about it because he knew that I, you know, was just, I was on kind of a different side than he was. So he just kind of respected that. We just didn't talk about it, but, uh, it was Facebook when he was posting videos on Facebook and talking about stuff like on there that I really realized like something seriously wrong. One place he wasn't shy about sharing these targeted individual theories was on social media, particularly on YouTube. Bucky was now uploading content like never before. He had gone from posting virtually nothing at all to posting constantly. Bucky was now uploading videos every couple of days and sometimes even multiple videos within a 24-hour span. On October 14, 2018, Bucky had uploaded a part two of his gang stalking series. This video was over 43 minutes in length. We went through each upload so you don't have to. Here are some key sound bites from this particular video. Hey, this is Bucky, obviously, um, and uh, that would be a cool stage name, Bucky, obviously. Well, anyways, this is a video on targeted individuals, and uh, if you don't believe in it, I don't really care, because the ones that are going through this, you, you know, you know. This shit is crazy. Uh, I, know, I know how all this sounds. I figured out a lot of things in the past. Uh, in the past months, I haven't uploaded uh, a video on targeted individuals in uh, in, a, in a in a second because uh, it's it's been a learning experience for me. Basically, what they'll do is they'll fuck with you extra hard, and then they'll stop for a second, and then they'll fuck with you extra hard, and then they'll stop for a second, make you try to so that way you you keep fading in and out of reality. You're like uh, you're like which one is reality uh, and uh, they'll be they'll be fucking with you extra hard, extra 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 hard, and then you'll be like, oh shit, fuck, damn, and then your reality gets tossed on your head, and then that becomes your reality, and which is the real like you you start seeing shit for what it really is, and and then they and then they stop fucking with you for for like a, a, a like say a, a little bit amount amount of time, and then uh, so that way you're like, am I fucking crazy? Like is this like like and, and then you and then you start uh, building back, you know, the the same false 
uh, notion of what's real, and then and then they hit you again with all that fucking with you shit, and then it's like, oh damn, and then it flips you up, flips your head upside down again, and they do that on purpose to keep you off your feet, off balance, stressed out at all times. This is one of the last videos where we see Bucky relatively composed and at least somewhat comprehensive in his speaking. He goes on to express his feelings of loneliness and his awareness that he is misunderstood by nearly everyone around him. It's a very isolating experience. They, all your friends, all your family, they are turned on you. It's the most sad shit in this planet. Very few people actually saw Bucky in person during this difficult time, a struggle which he was publicly revealing online. There was one person, however, that continued to make an effort to visit Bucky, his friend, Dustin Balasone. I knew that he was sick, but, you know, I was trying to do my best to help him, so I did my best to kind of stay his friend because I knew a lot of people stopped talking to him. Um, And that's the last thing I think he needed at the time. On August 16th, 2018, Bucky uploaded an astounding three full-length videos to YouTube, all in the same day. These videos are entitled, Targeted Individuals Slash Gang Stalking Part 3. YouTube is blocking me from seeing comments on my videos. And finally, There is hope. QAnon. Look it up. This is where Bucky's trajectory of both his research and the content of his own videos reached a frightening crossroads. He had gradually made his way from controversial right-winged speakers to gang-stalking and rebel media to eventually arriving at QAnon conspiracy videos. If you don't know what QAnon is, we'll try to give a brief background without going too far down the rabbit hole ourselves, as it is nearly endless, confusing, and has many diverging intersections online. We hope you're still strapped in, because it only gets more bizarre from here. QAnon is the epitome of fringe beliefs. It is a group of far-right conspiracy theorists who believe the government is ran and funded by pedophilic sex trafficking rings who have and plan to systemically destroy American civilization as we all know it. The one man in government QAnon followers believe is on their side, and the one man they believe can stop the elite group of pedophiles is none other than Donald Trump. You might be saying to yourself, what the hell is he talking about? Trust me, I know. But as we dive deeper, and as completely absurd as this may sound, it's important to remember that none of this is a joke and the QAnon followers are dead serious in their fight against government corruption. This theory is ultimately an amalgamation of all major conspiracy theories balled into one, including Pizzagate, which alleged that high-ranking Democratic Party members had been sending cryptic emails using code words such as pizza in order to arrange pedophilic meetups and transactions in human trafficking. Hillary Clinton was a main focus of this particular leg of the QAnon conspiracy, back in 2016, just before Donald Trump was elected into office. The entire group is run by Q, an anonymous user or users who remain hidden in the depths of message boards, such as 4chan and 8chan, to drop what are referred to as, quote, breadcrumbs or clues, intended to prove current corruptions and happenings within the United States government. The subgenres and extensions of the QAnon beliefs seemingly never end, 
Online users would hang on every tweet and sentence Donald Trump would deliver to the world, and they'd almost always find a way to decipher what was being said as some type of cryptic, contorted message solely directed towards the QAnon community. Trump has publicly acknowledged QAnon as well, expressing his gratitude and realizing that the group is made up nearly 100% of his own supporters. It's obvious that most people that are Trump supporters are not members of the QAnon community, but everyone that believes in QAnon believes in Donald Trump. We think it's important to make that clarification, as this conspiracy theory far exceeds political preference or views. This is extremism. And more recent developments since March of 2020, just before the pandemic hit, analytics show that members of the largest online QAnon communities have spiked by an astounding 700% in a matter of only four months. During the pandemic, uh, the QAnon movement has been, appears to be gaining a lot of followers. Can you talk about what you think about that and what you have to say to people who are following this movement right now? Well, I don't know much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much, uh, which I appreciate, but I don't know much about the movement. Believe it or not, what's most concerning are not the overwhelming numbers of individuals who subscribe to this conspiracy theory or the amount of QAnon merchandise worn by violent offenders during the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Instead, what's questionably most terrifying are various additional trapdoors QAnon has opened up for users online, the most far out being the subscribers of shapeshifters and lizard people. Like we said before, the rabbit hole goes deeper. A very niche group of the QAnon subset who strongly believe that government officials along with select celebrities, are reptilian aliens that have taken on human form as a disguise to obtain political power and disrupt human society. Justin Bieber happens to be a celebrity most notably believed to be wearing human skin by this group. So why is all of this relevant? Well, because Bucky Wolf just so happened to be one of these believers. Bucky had reached his pinnacle of delusion and jumped, or perhaps had fallen, into the deep end of the shapeshifter reptilian black hole of the internet. All right, reptilians run the world, okay? There's, they're, they're way up at the top, they run everything. It's, it's on some Illuminati shit. They, uh, and it's all compartmentalized information. The, pe- the peons at the bottom have no fucking idea. And there's a lot of reptilians, dude. It's kind of freaky. This ideology has been around since the 1990s first introduced by author and conspiracy theorist David Icke. To reiterate, as outlandish as this all may sound, these beliefs are very real and wholeheartedly held by way more people online than any of us would probably like to believe. There will be a generation among you with teeth as swords, uh, and they will feed off the poor and the needy. Basically, anyone in need, anyone who's been through a homeless experience, uh, they target you. And uh, I was homeless for about two years for a little while. And now I'm, I got, you know, a place now. I've, I'm doing good for myself. That's when the eyeball started going right on to me. We were actually homeless together for a few years. Must have been maybe 17. From For me, it was like 17 to 20 probably. Yeah, I think uh, shortly after I started working and got off the streets is when he moved back in with his his adoptive dads. Um, but yeah, we just 
that was like kind of our little party time. Just li living on the streets in Ballard, we uh, there's like this beach out here called Golden Gardens, and uh, we built a there's a forest kind of area behind it. We built like a teepee out there and kind of just lived in that. We learn here for the first time that Bucky was actually homeless at one point during his youth, alongside his good friend Dustin. This hardship surely only strengthened their bond as friends. In this almost hour-long and perhaps most revealing video of Bucky's mental health state, he recalls the Arizona trip once again, the trip that seemed to flip a pre-existing, poorly wired switch, setting Bucky's mind on fire. When I noticed the shit started happening is when I went on a family visit down to Arizona and uh, I went to visit my birth family. Other targeted individuals, you will notice their teeth. Don't ever say this to a psychiatrist, okay? Uh, they will label you schizophrenic, immediately strip you of your rights, and that's basically the goal behind all this. They're all in coots. From how he told the whole story to me when he got back was they went out, had a great time. You know, it was nice meeting his family. And then the, they did that whole reunion thing. And then when they wanted to come back, they weren't really big on, you know, helping him out with a way back. And they didn't have any money or, or a way back. At some point he got, they were like, yeah, we'll help you out. And they drove him out into the middle of the desert and kicked him out of the car and drove away. And it took him a couple days to find anything besides desert. And um, so he dehydration and kind of heat stroke and stuff kicked in. Bucky and James were left to fend for themselves after the interaction with their birth family had seemingly gone awry. The brothers were dropped off somewhere along the highway, leaving them to walk the Arizona deserts. This is when Bucky suffered his first break, becoming so severely dehydrated that he began hallucinating. I don't remember where they ended up, but he ended up in a hospital and that's kind of what did it. He ended up uh, being diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia after that. We still don't know what exactly led to Bucky and James getting kicked out of the car and essentially left for dead on the side of an Arizona highway. What we do know, however, is that that trip certainly was the catalyst for Bucky's spiraling and increasing detachment from reality. He seemingly became more unhinged with each upload to his YouTube channel from that point forward. Physically, Bucky began looking much worse and was speaking nonsensically than each video before. Visibly sleep-deprived, his appearance worsens with each upload, looking 10 years older in comparison to his likeness depicted just 12 months prior. If you were to scan through these videos chronologically, it's abundantly clear that Bucky's mental health was declining in real time, for all the world to see. His friends online started to notice a change in him as well, as he began posting more frequently on Facebook about QAnon and targeted individuals. Some friends in the comments section had suggested Bucky smoke marijuana to help calm his nerves. Then on November 18th, 2018, Bucky's theory that the world was being run by aliens and reptiles had reached a new level of madness when he uploaded this video entitled, I Found Out Who's Running the Show. Alright, basically I've been finding out a whole bunch of shit. Who's behind this is aliens. I know, sounds insane. If you scroll past this video, that's, that's fine. Stay asleep, do what you want. I realize at this point that there's nothing I can really do. We're way outnumbered. Most of the humans will not wake up 
they're brainwashed since birth to believe their reality, this false reality that has been created for them. This is my SOS, calling to all other humans if there is any left. This seems to be Bucky's first true cry for help. And while it's alleged that he had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia after the Arizona incident and having been hospitalized for a few days before heading back to Seattle, we're not sure if he was ever officially given this diagnosis professionally or if any medication was ever provided to help manage his symptoms. If you have reached this video and you're a human and you're in the same boat that I am, wondering how many of us are there left, contact me. Hit me up. You are not alone. Almost. <laughs> Almost, though. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Bucky did tell Dustin that he was suffering from schizophrenia, but Dustin isn't sure if Bucky was ever given proper treatment or if his friend was simply refusing care. I, I think uh, he might have seen a psychiatrist or something like that at some point. I remember him at least talking about it. I don't know if he ever went. Um, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure. By this point, Bucky's brother James had a family of his own and three young children to care for back in Germany. James was visiting the Seattle family home more regularly, however, surely sensing that his younger brother needed help. They were always together, so I'm guessing like he just did whatever he could to try to keep him out of his head, you know? Yeah, I feel like that was like one of the few people who kind of grounded him re in reality. It seems Dustin and Bucky's brother James were the only ones who saw what his condition truly looked like firsthand during this time. We asked Dustin's opinion as to whether Bucky's adoptive parents had noticed a change in him and if his potential mental health crisis had possibly been overlooked, as it may have been easily ignored. Bucky was living in a separate apartment unit connected to his family home, a unit perhaps just far enough away that it created just enough space to hide those early critical warning signs from family. They were really great people, so I'm not, I'm not really sure if they didn't know or if he was refusing the help or... Because they were well off. I, I know he could have gotten the help. I don't see them as the type of people to brush it off unless he was like adamant on not doing it or if he just or if they were paying for it and he just wasn't going or what all that was. December 28th, 2018. Bucky posts a video online entitled I know who's behind gang stalking, written in all capital letters. This vlog is a terrible foreshadowing of events that were soon to come, only one week later. Bucky is clearly suffering from a manic episode throughout the entirety of this video clip, as he continues expressing his fears of being gang stalked, and of a reptilian shapeshifter takeover. If you are a targeted individual, listen closely to what I'm about to say. If you're being gang stalked right now, you're probably wondering what is going on. So did I. What I'm about to tell you is sad as fuck. Tragic news, and I've got good news as well. Sit down, embrace yourself, because if you're a targeted individual, you're about to fucking scream your fucking head off. If you're being targeted by any of your family members or friends, know this, they are dead. And the reptiles took their body. And in the process of taking their body, killed them in the process. I know this because I heard my little brother die. <laughs> ah, man. 
Bucky does not look like himself whatsoever in this video, almost like a completely different person altogether. He talks about seeing his quote little brother die and being taken over by reptiles. But Bucky doesn't have a younger brother, only his older brother James, who we're only left to believe he is actually speaking of during this alarming episode, only attesting further to his critically declining mental health. I'm gonna stay focused. I'm gonna tell you straight up like this. This is how I'm getting back at him. I'm exposing all of their motherfucking shit. Here's what happens. There is angels around you and there is demons around you. Angels are the Arcturans. Demons are the Reptilians. If you're a target, you know this. You see their eyes. You see them turn black. You see their teeth. They get sharp. If you see that, know this. That thing that is possessing them was once a reptilian. And they took their body. And killed them in the process. Now, if you know anyone close to you that this has happened to, don't freak out on them. Don't kill them. The Bible says this. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable. The Bible is your guide. Do not let it down. But if you have seen the eyes and the teeth, you know what I'm fucking talking about. If you know any family member that hasn't been possessed, stick by him. Do not let him out of your sight. Whatever you do, and have them study the Bible, have them turn to God, and, and put your whole life and everything at the feet of God. Seriously, right now. With that, I wish you... The best of luck, my friends. By the end of the video, Bucky is seen weeping uncontrollably with tears streaming down his cheeks, falling to the floor from his face and nose. The video then abruptly cuts out. It's obvious he is in desperate need of help, but help would never come for Bucky, and the next day he would upload his very last video. We can only wonder if more people would have seen it, that things might have turned out differently. December 29th, 2018. Bucky's final video was posted to YouTube entitled God is Here, with an excessive amount of exclamation points preceding the caption. I wasn't uh, sure of the gravity of the situation. I couldn't wrap my head around the gravity of what just happened. This is my blood, and it is everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere, and the angels cleaned it up. I died. I died. And here I am, untouched. I am living proof of these lizards' doom. I am living proof of God. Unscathed. Nothing. Those lizards beat me to death. Bucky's cell phone video shows footage of small trace amounts of blood on his pillowcase and bedsheets. He seems to obsess over this fact for the entirety of the video, attributing it to lizards attempting to take over his body while he slept. He claims that due to some divine intervention, God or angels had saved his life, 
with big dark circles underneath each eye. Bucky looks as if he hasn't slept in weeks. It's safe to assume that even with these videos having been recorded consecutively over the past several days, no one would have heard him screaming during the creation of this content, as the in-law apartment was a fair distance from the main family home. This would be the very last time Bucky's face was ever shown on camera, or the last time on cell phone video, that is. January 1st, 2019. Bucky posts the following to his Facebook page. I will dash you lizards to pieces like pottery and scatter your bones to the winds. January 3rd, 2019. Bucky posts the following to his Facebook. Avenge my brother for me. I'm getting them out of hell and into cloned bodies of themselves, and then destroying hell so that no one will ever be sent to that despicable place. January 4th, 2019. Bucky's last ever recorded Facebook post states the following. Turn to God, repent, and you might have a chance. Repent, therefore do what you did first, or I will remove your lamp from its stand. On January 6th, 2019, Bucky Wolf and James Wolf are seen from the family surveillance camera casually walking away together from the residence, alleged to have been heading out to have a few beers at a local bar. Hours later, the two are seen re-entering the home. A few hours after that, Bucky's adoptive father is seen meeting him out on the front porch, handing him food, presumably Bucky and James's dinner, which they would eat in Bucky's in-law apartment. Just after 6.30 p.m., Bucky is shown on camera, running at full speed out of the residence, at around 6.40 p.m., Bucky calls 911. Tonight, a 26-year-old Seattle man is in jail after prosecutors say he killed his brother Sunday night, stabbing him in the head with a sword. At some point before Bucky ran from the home, he had murdered his brother James using a four-foot-long samurai sword, the same sword pictured in Bucky's early music video. Bucky had believed his brother's body had been taken over by reptiles during a delusional episode. He somehow managed to jam the blade of the extremely sharp object entirely through the side of his brother's head as it protruded out the opposite end of James's skull. He was killed instantly. While Bucky was on the phone with 911 halfway down the street, he told the dispatcher that God had told him that his brother was a lizard. He followed by saying, quote, Kill me. Kill me. I can't live in this reality. Once the officers arrived on scene, Bucky told police the same. Once arrested, and while being booked at the local police station, Bucky told the officers that their eyes and mouths were changing. He repeatedly asked them if they could see the lizards in the room. Bucky was held on a $1 million bond for the murder of his older brother, James Wolfe. A month before he killed James was the last time I saw him. Uh, I was at work, actually. I was, uh, like, uh, the place that I got him the job at. I had got a, a few of my friends a job there because we were looking for staff. One of uh, my buddies, Jake, came to work and was like, oh, did you see this stuff about Bucky? It was like, what? What happened? And he showed me the article, and I was like, oh, crap. It was like the night, it happened the night before he showed me. Dustin was at his job working in the kitchen when he found out his best friend of a decade plus had just killed his brother James with a sword. Bucky Wolf was ultimately charged with second-degree murder. 
This is State of Washington versus Bucky Wolf, cause number 219-000. They found the victim at the address, uh, dead with a metal hilt end of an approximately three foot long sword protruding from the left side of his head. During his initial court appearance, the judge expressed his concerns for the public safety if Bucky Wolf were ever allowed back into society. Again, alleged uh, delusional mental health issues and the uh, violence expressed by this alleged crime. They have to be conscious uh, of the danger to the safety of the community. Despite having confessed to murdering his brother James during the 911 call on January 6th, Bucky Wolf's court records were eventually sealed after he was acquitted of the murder charge in March of 2020 by reason of insanity. Though Bucky Wolf has never faced trial for his brother's murder and is assumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, we asked his friend Dustin if his friend should spend the rest of his life in prison for his actions that day and whether or not he believes Bucky could ever or would ever be able to engage in such rehabilitation that he might one day be released. Well, I mean, I guess it's hard to say. I think, like, definitely he could. Like, I think just with the proper help and care, I I think that... A lot of what drove him to this is just he wasn't getting that care. And uh, now, well, he doesn't really have an option now. So how it seems from just people talking about him, like, and everything, he seems like he's doing better. But I, uh, again, I don't know because I haven't talked to him in a little while. So under the right circumstances, he should absolutely have that um, that chance. You know, because he's not a bad guy at all. He, you know, he just, he's just sick, you know. James Wolfe tragically lost his life at the age of just 28 years old, leaving his wife and three children behind. By all accounts, James was Bucky's best friend, and yet he killed his brother during an alleged schizophrenic episode. James seemed to do everything in his power to help Bucky, even regularly traveling overseas to check on him. Sadly, in the end, it wouldn't be enough. One can't help but think this crime could have been avoided, if the warning signs Bucky had shown online were paid closer attention to. In a lot of ways, a young man with an extreme mental illness was seemingly thrown by the wayside and ignored, not only by his birth family in Arizona, by his own recollection, but by anyone who had viewed his disturbing content online. What's particularly unsettling about this case is that it isn't the first murder related to QAnon conspiracy theories, and it surely won't be the last. Just this year in 2021, a 40-year-old California man by the name of Matthew Taylor Coleman murdered his two toddlers using a spearfishing gun, leaving them alongside a ditch in New Mexico. He, too, believed their bodies had been taken over by some type of reptilian alien or demonic force. The internet is certainly a strange place, but those of a sound mind very seldomly consider the dangers that lie within the depths of seemingly innocent social platforms, such as YouTube. Perhaps the most dangerous facet of these crimes is that anyone with a Wi-Fi connection has the potential to create and stand on a digital soapbox, preaching theories that can and will inevitably wind up being consumed by severely unwell individuals. What's fascinating about the general conspiracy theory umbrella is the hypocrisy among some of its most prominent figures, who spew such gospel. Hunter Avalon, 
the YouTube personality whose content was Bucky's gateway into right-wing anti-government videos, has since become a leftist, completely abandoning all of his prior beliefs and ideologies. And there's Milo Yiannopoulos, the sexist internet edgelord who is also an openly gay man, yet loudly expresses his belief that lesbianism is a made-up concept. It's easy to see how these types of contradictions can be confusing to sane people, never mind those with pre-existing psychological issues. Perhaps the worst part of all is that there is no cut-and-dry solution, which would lead to a guarantee that something like this won't ever happen again. We can only urge our listeners to be aware of your friends, family, and even those random people in our communities, in person and online. If you see warning signs even remotely similar to those exhibited by Bucky Wolf, reach out and try to get those people help before it's too late. If you do decide to assist someone displaying such behavior, however, proceed with caution. Please be aware, because James Wolf, Bucky's brother and best friend, was certainly the last person anyone would have ever expected to become the victim of a violent homicide, never mind by the hands of someone he was perhaps closest to in the world. Thank you.